if you're not integrating the experience and learning from it and giving back and changing the self with the side effect of ultimately changing the collective, right? If I'm showing up in the world differently, the world is going to respond to me differently and there will be a shift. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not woke, okay? Not woke. I'm just some asshole that dropped acid in the desert. Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today I'm doing a solo episode. Now, I'm talking about psychedelics, which is so hot and so trendy to talk about, but the episode I'm uh, I'm giving you today might be a little bit triggering. It might not be what you want to hear about psychedelics. It might be totally in line with what you want to hear, but This was in response to a question that I got on Instagram on one of my Q&As, and it felt like it deserved a whole lot more than a 10-second Instagram story. So I did a full episode on it. I would love to hear your feedback, and more importantly, I would love to hear any other questions, topics, subjects that you'd want me to riff on. So if you love today's show, let me know. Leave the show a five-star rating and review in the App Store and warm my heart on this cold, cold, cold Colorado day. Until next week, enjoy the show. All right, guys, I am back with a long overdue solo psyched episode. I do (laughs) want to let you know that my dog is sitting right next to me for this. So if you hear some scratching or grunting or anything else, it's probably my dog. Uh, He doesn't quite like when I record and and don't spend time with him. But here we are. Um, I want to talk about psychedelics and especially the use of psychedelics and therapy because it's been a really hot topic lately. And I've actually had a handful of people kind of chime in on my Instagram stories when I do Q and A's wanting my take on this. So for what it's worth, here's my take. Um, I recently applied to become a psychedelic assisted psychotherapist through MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Science. It's a really incredible agency. If you don't know what they're about, I will link ways to get in touch with them, see what they're doing in the show notes, but essentially they are the leading force in all research around psychedelics in the therapeutic use. They're especially using it with veterans and the treatment of treatment resisted trauma and PTSD. And the science coming out of it is really, really interesting which I will dive into at some point in this episode. But just just to give you a taste, that's what MAPS is. And that is basically the governing body that I am hopefully going through this, uh, this training with. Now, my reasoning for wanting to become trained in, in this modality is not because I want to be like, woo, I give people MDMA and... I'm that kind of cool therapist. I'm the cool mom, right? No. Um, In fact, I have some resistance to it, mostly because I believe that once it is recognized as um, a legal modality or a a therapy modality that a lot of people um, can actually take advantage of, 
my, my thought is that it's going to be um, less attainable than people think. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty expensive type of therapy. Um, I also think that the sessions, which most people don't understand are very, very long. They're, you know, six, eight, 10 hour long sessions. And so for a therapist themselves, right, that's eight hours of not leaving your client. You're in the room, you're not going to the bathroom, you're not taking a lunch break. You are sitting there and processing and actively doing therapy with this client that's having this psychedelic experience. So based on that alone, you're not even able to see that many clients based on the fact that you could really only see one client a day. And personally, if I did that five days a week, it would be very, very hard for me as a therapist, A, to sit with that much trauma day in and day out, but B, go into those sessions back to back to back and not have the time that I would need for myself for my own self-care. So those are some of the drawbacks. Um, I'm also looking at this as an opportunity to learn. I think that with the psychedelic movement and revolution, as people are calling it, getting more and more popularity, this is becoming a more common conversation that people are having. So it's awesome because it's getting people, you know, to kind of strip the shame and stigma that the war on drugs might've, might've left uh, in people's mouths about psychedelics and drugs in general, if we want to categorize them as quote drugs. Um, and I think that that term has a lot of kind of loaded implication behind it as well. Um, but it's starting to create curiosity around it, which I think is really exciting. Now, I think it's my duty as a therapist to be able to at least have the training, if not to actually facilitate these sorts of sessions, but to be able to refer clients to the appropriate practitioners, to be able to actually have an educated conversation instead of, oh yeah, like here's some research about it. You know, I want to, I'm a very hands-on learner. I want to be able to immerse myself in that, to be able to actively and accurately serve my clients that are becoming increasingly more interested in psychedelics as the conversation ramps up. So like I was saying, there's a lot of plus sides to the fact that there's a psychedelic revolution. People are having open conversations about it. Um, the research actually looks really promising in the treatment of trauma. Now, I want to be mindful that that is also what is being researched the most. So, you know, just by the way ratios work, of course, there's going to be all sorts of information coming in about that, but there's also going to be more positive information coming in solely because that's the paradigm in which people are looking through when they're doing these studies. So the research is really interesting, really cool. Um, I'll also link ways that you can kind of read through that on your own, but I do think it looks really promising. Now, the downside of this is that people hear about all of these radical, amazing things that are happening and kind of see psilocybin, MDMA, psychedelics as these like miracle drugs, which if you are being treated for treatment resistant trauma and this is helping, yeah, fuck yeah, of course that's awesome. And that is a miracle. And a lot of people are getting their life back. 
Where it gets a little shadowy and a little bit crunchy is when people go into this without any knowledge and just think, okay, I'm going to sit in this plant medicine ceremony, or I'm going to ingest this MDMA and it's going to solve all of my problems. Um, sorry, that ain't the case. Maybe. I mean, I guess there's outliers for everything, but in general, there needs to be an understanding and a respect for the substance that's being used. So understanding set and setting, right? What is the mindset? What is the intention that I'm going into this experience with? And what is the setting in which I'm doing it? Is the setting, you know, a therapeutic one? Am I, am, am I in a therapy office? Am I um, in a maloka or a, an intentional plant medicine setting with a shaman and with people that have, you know, really lived this plant for years and years and years and generations, or am I hanging out with some guy named Kevin serving jungle juice in his living room, claiming that it's going to change your life, right? All of these different settings can totally impact the way in which the medicine or the drugs, depending on which way you want to look at it, are going to work. Um, you know, there's also a lot of speculation around personality disorders and that psychedelics and these different drugs can actually trigger these disorders. So I'm not to say what is right, what is wrong, but what is interesting is that a lot of the time when these personality disorders are being diagnosed are late teens, early twenties, um, which have two things. One, that's typically the time in which developmentally that personality disorders are going to surface in the first place. That's about how long it takes for those things to happen. And also that's about the time in which most kids are experimenting, we'll say, with these substances. So who's to say, right? Is it kind of the chicken or the egg? Was there an underlying personality disorder that was you know, amplified by the psychedelics, perhaps, was there absolutely nothing to do with the psychedelics and this personality disorder was going to manifest anyway, we don't know. So I at least want to strip out the shame that is associated with that. Um, because I think that there's been a lot of, if we want to call it good or bad marketing around, um, kind of what psychedelics have done for people developmentally. But I do think nonetheless that, you know, people reporting bad trips or things like that are not taking into consideration set and setting. Um, because of course, if I am going into this intentionally, I've been on a specific kind of diet. Um, I've been connecting with self or source or the cosmos or whatever you want to call it before going into this experience, it's going to be incredibly different than dropping acid with some friends in a sketchy carnival and like freaking out, right? Those are going to be two very, very different things. Now, something else I want to dive into is the fact that I think that there's actually some spiritual bypassing um, that can happen when people get too deep into the plant medicine world. Um, you know, I, I might have a different view on this, but having lived in Santa Cruz for a decade, um, and being around people that wear plant medicine ceremonies or their psychedelic experiences, 
like a brownie vest, right? Or a boy scout badge. Um, it's, it almost starts to become a conversation of, oh, you've only sat in the ceremony twice. I've done it this many times, or, um, you know, someone's really struggling with something and someone's immediate answer is like, oh, you should try mushrooms or you should do this. And it was so profound for me. And, you know, they almost get on their soapbox and start talking about it. Like they're holier than thou. Now, I think that there's some understanding to that, right? If you've had these profound peak experiences where you've met God or you've met the true self, or you've been able to experience your trauma in a different light, it totally makes sense to me that you would want to share those with the world. Now, if you're sharing those with the world in a way that is boastful or that is, you know, kind of um, acting like this is some sort of cure all, or like I was saying earlier, miracle drug, you're kind of doing a huge disservice to the medicine or to the substance, um, that, you know, it's kind of selling it in this way that people of course would think it was going to solve all their problems. And then when it doesn't boom, they show up in my office and say, Hey, I did this thing and I can't stop shaking, or I can't stop having really negative flashbacks. And all of a sudden there's, you know, it's created more trauma in the body than what I'm hoping with, uh, with your spiritual dick measuring, you were hoping to kind of alleviate for some people. So the goal is not to one up other people's experiences. Um, you're not gathering patches for your, your girl scout vest or anything like that. Um, and I think what this comes from is people's failure to integrate, right? Um, integration is this, this word that gets thrown around and, and it sounds kind of woo. And it is, in my opinion, the utmost important part of the entire experience. Sure. The experience itself was great or scary, or, you know, you insert adjective here, the experience is what it was, but it's what you do with that experience that makes a difference, right? If if you meet God, if you experience yourself in a different way, if you see compassion and charisma and connection differently than you've ever seen it, then okay, take that experience and move on in your waking consciousness, promoting that in the different areas of your life. There was a really interesting Forbes article um, about meeting God. And basically what it what its argument was, was, um, is it the substance itself or is it the connection to spirituality and the divine that plays the more powerful role in these experiences? Um, you know, I keep saying seeing God, um, God can be anything to you. It doesn't have to be that capital G God that we think, you know, is this man in the sky that predetermines our life. It can be, this deep connection to self and knowing that there's something bigger, greater at play than us. Um, when we get very into our existential self, life can feel scary and alone and short and what's to come next. Right. But if we can lean into the universe, the cosmos, the unknown, and, and believe there's something bigger than us, that is where you know, religion has its hold or where spirituality is so impactful. And so people do um, report in these experiences, finding God or 
experiencing themselves in a different way and the self-perception, right? If I walk through my waking consciousness with a inner critic that is just blasting through the speakers, telling me what a piece of shit I am, that I should be trying harder, that I'm not enough. And then I go into this experience and I can see that inner critic as, you know, the scared little girl or the scared little boy inside of me that is actually trying to keep me safe and is terrified of this, this scary world. And I can find some compassion for it, or I can see myself as an, I am statement. I am grace. I am beauty. I am consciousness, whatever we want to use, right? Those experiences are the most somatic and hands-on experiences people have, right? It's kind of the, like, uh, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? I I said earlier in in the show, I'm a hands-on learner, right? So for those of you that have to feel it to believe it, that is kind of what we're talking about here, right? If my body, if my soul, if my all being and knowingness knows something to be true because I have felt it, I have been there, I have touched it and experienced it. That is the type of experience we're talking about when people have, you know, created a new perception of self. Now we get back into that integration phase, right? If you're not working with either a shaman or a therapist or an integration coach, or what some of these people that have dedicated their lives and their career to helping people integrate these experiences, then, then what are you doing? Right. If, if you're not integrating the experience and learning from it and giving back and changing the self with the side effect of ultimately changing the collective, right? If I'm showing up in the world differently, the world is going to respond to me differently and there will be a shift. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not woke. Okay. Not woke. I'm just some asshole that like dropped acid in the desert. Okay. So I know I kind of just blabbed quite a bit. Um, There's a lot there. I'm sure I could continue on down this rabbit hole forever. Um, But if I leave you with nothing, it is to leave you with, this is a topic that is going to continue to be evolving and growing as we get more understanding, as there's more research. Um, I want to encourage you to be curious and ask questions, seek out good resources, talk to a person that you really trust. If you don't know who that person is in the psychedelic world, you can find them. Okay. Um, but not making this decision on whether or not you want to utilize psychedelics in the healing modality, um, because it's trendy because I can say, oh, I do ketamine with my therapist, right? Um, But because you have done the work, set the intention, gotten curious, gotten the answers, and been ready to actually integrate this experience. Um, Again, I'm not here to sway you one way or another. I'm not here to be the biggest psychedelic advocate you've ever met. I'm also not here to tell you that they're terrible drugs that make people go crazy, right? I'm just saying there's 
there's a lot of opinion on both sides of that spectrum and everywhere in between. And it's your job as an individual to take on that autonomy and take on that responsibility to read all sides of this and understand all sides of it and make the most educated decision for you, not for someone else, not for your partner because they think that it'll change something about your relationship, not for your parent, not out of defiance for someone else or in the name of being fucking trendy. Okay. Make this decision because you have the correct intention going into it and you've done the work around what that looks like. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm going to stop for now. And, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have more questions, please reach out. If you have other topics that you'd like me to address in a solo psyched episode, please, please, please reach out. Um, I don't claim to have all the answers by any means, and I'm just kind of giving you my opinion on things. So if it's an opinion that you appreciate, let me know what you want to hear about next.